Welcome to Game of Books Podcast. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. And I'm Christy in South Florida. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and mystery through interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors. And our virtual book club. And even our fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us on today's adventure. Welcome to Quirks and Conversation with Dana Stabenow. Yes, her latest book is Spoils of the Dead, featuring Alaskan trooper Liam Campbell. And Kathy, what about her name? I mean, Dana Stabenow, <laughs> is that not great or what for a crime writer? I, we are going to have to clarify that she was not destined for this. I'm just saying. <laughs> Okay, so let me tell you a little, just a small part about Dana, and then we'll, we'll let her tell us the rest. But most importantly, Dana was born in Anchorage, Alaska. and as Which is it, unique. It is. And if you are an avid reader of Dana's, which many, many people are, you will know that her um, great story says she was raised on a 75-foot fishing tender but she knew there was a warmer, drier job out there somewhere and found it in writing. And we are so thankful that she has continued to write her great series. Her first, um, Kate, I, I say this wrong. So Dana, hop in and print, tell me if I'm saying it wrong. Uh, Shugak. How do we Shugak. pronounce Shugak? Shugak. Shugak. Say it in South Dakota, ook, instead of ak. <laughs> um, her, that first book, A Cold Day for Murder, received an Edgar Award from the Thriller Writers of America, which is very prestigious and exciting and well-deserved. She has written nearing 30, I believe, books at this point. That sounds very tiring. 37 or 30, I think. Oh my gosh, okay. And we're all just getting tired talking about it. So <laughs> we, we just wanna to get to our conversation with Dana. So Dana, welcome. It's so great to talk with you today. And I'm so glad we were able to connect. Yes. All right. So um, first of all, Tina, let's talk about what's important here. It's the wine. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, Dana, you chose the Dellum Pinotage Rosé. And I'm, I'm so curious um, because when I look trying to find it anywhere, I was like, this is kind of an exclusive wine. I don't know if she's part of a wine club or she's been to South Africa. So how did you, how did you end up getting this wine? I was, I actually don't like rosé. How about that? And oh. I never ever would cut a rosé for myself because they always used to be really thin and really sweet. Well, my friends went to South Africa and they toured the winery and they found this wine and they now they brought it home and they, you know, forced a glass down me. Oh, and awful. They, awful friends. You know, awful. I mean, what could I do? What could I do? <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> so now they have to like order it by the case if I'm going to come back and visit. <laughs> oh, oh, great. Oh, those are good friends. Those are very yes. good friends. They're well, we did. the best kind of friends. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, I, I couldn't find, you know, that here because I don't have friends that are visiting from <laughs> South Africa, but I did find a rosé, a Rodney Strong, it's rosé of Pinot Noir from the Sonoma County. So I'm thinking it might be kind of close to a Pinotage, right? I don't know, but it's, it's tasty as well. Uh, and it's not let's too all take sweet. A little sip here. The color is very similar. 
The colors oh, yes. all of our favorites are very similar. Rosés used to be much more pink, and they're kind of orange now. Yeah, yes. mine's pink. Well, um, the Dellum is described as a light salmon color with a soft pink hue. That's according yeah, to their website. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, it, you know, nice and, and fruity. It actually says it has a little candy floss to it. Oh, what man, I don't think so. I don't like yeah. It says pomegranate and cranberry with nuances of candy floss. And I'm like, what is candy floss anyway? I don't know. No. So I'm thinking the pomegranate and the cranberry make it sort of not too sweet. That's what I would think. Mm. But. I think maybe I just have a very unsophisticated palate. It tastes really good to me. I don't know what it tastes like, except. Thank you. Well, for, uh, thank thanks you for, for suggesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So are we ready to jump into the Do questions? It. Let's get into okay. the meat of things. <laughs> okay. So I, I just loved the way you so intimately portrayed Alaska as the unique place that it is. I mean, as a reader, we feel like we're there and we can see it without even having been there. Um, have you ever, this is my question, written a setting in a real life place that you haven't been? Ooh. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my first, my first two books and my fourth book were uh, science fiction, and they were set in a uh, high Earth orbit. On oh, okay, that's not real life, though. That's not real. Life. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, I have, um, right now, my, uh, it's not in the present day, but right now I'm writing books that are set in Alexandria in the time of Cleopatra. So. Oh wow, wow. I mean, do you think like, um, cause I mean, we often talk about like, you know, writers like John Sanford who has to always go to where he's writing about. And, um, and so there's like two sides. Do you, do you think like with the way media is now, you could almost bluff it as a writer, I would think, cause there's so much on there. Or do you think that really it's really good and you live in Alaska and this is set in Alaska, but do you think people can bluff it or? No way. No, no. There's always, you know, I'm always hesitant to read books um, that are written about Alaska by people who don't live there because you always catch the glitches. You always do. And I would bet that that is the case for every writer who lives anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. um, certainly Google Earth fills in a lot of holes, but I, you know, I wrote a, an historical trilogy called It's Silken Song. And um, it is involves travel on the Silk Road from uh, China to England in the years oh. 1322 to 1327. And I did not feel comfortable writing that book until I had visited as many of the places that they went. I wasn't able to go to all of them, but I actually did uh, at least drive on the Silk Road in um, Western China. Um, but we actually, I made the driver pause so that I could stop and take a photograph of this red lump that he swore to me was the last vestige of the Western part of the Great Wall of China. <laughs> oh, wow. In the middle That's of this. so cool. <laughs> so oh. you have to give him an explanation that I'm a writer, so I need you to stop for a minute to get this. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, wow. That is cool. I mean, I also think, you know, you know, just even sometimes it smells, you know, even or like just different sounds. Setting is the single most important thing to me. Setting, you have to know where the setting is. You have to be grounded 
so to speak, in, in the setting of every book. And every writer will tell you a different thing, as I'm sure you already know. <laughs> yeah. But the setting, I always begin with the setting. Where is Where are these people? And once you decide where you are, you can figure out who the people are who live there. And after that, what they're getting up to. Setting, I always begin with setting, always. And of course, you know, I probably write best about Alaska because I was born and I was raised there and I've lived there all my life. Right, you write what you know. I'd live with someone who has a love affair with Alaska. My husband is just... <laughs> He's actually, I tore this off. I had to steal your book off his nightstand because he's taken it on and he's not much of a fiction reader, but he just was, I think, one of those people that you appeal to just the love of that land and you describe mm-hmm. it intimately. I think not, you know, as you say, you obviously know this land intimately and I, I, I um, but you write it well too. Thank you. Uh, and we need to go up and visit her too. Absolutely. And have Pinotage up there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> and your friends. I don't know if I can do Pinotage in Alaska, but I'll do my very best. <laughs> I will also say, like Christy and all of your readers, the setting was my favorite part of this novel. But I have a second favorite part, and I want to I want to ask you about it. My separate favorite part, second favorite part, was the very just mature relationship between Liam and Y. I loved their relationship in this novel. And I cannot, I just, there's no way to describe my gratitude to you for saying exactly that. I am, I I read a lot of series fiction. It's why I write it because I love to go back and revisit characters I love. That's why we always read, we all of us. Right, right. Series fiction. And I am so tired of writers breaking up, you know, their hero and whoever their significant other is. Mostly, mostly they're known it for dramatic effect, you know, to create tension. And I think that it is every bit as difficult to write successfully a relationship that works and continues to work. I'm not saying nothing bad is ever going to happen to them again. I'm not saying that they won't have problems. Every relationship does. But mm-hmm. there is no, I'm there, I want this relationship to continue to work through future books. They've worked really hard to get where they are. And I am not going to be, there's going to be no frivolous breaking up of people. There's not. <laughs> well, that's wonderful because I, yeah, I, I don't like that either. I'm like going, oh, just, you know, let them, let them be happy. The, the bad stuff can come around, you know, and sometimes it gets close, like you say, but I love to see where they can pull it together. And well, it's not like they don't have a lot of drama going on in both their lives. Exactly. <laughs> it opens with why giving up her business. Drama is inherent in a cop's life. God. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought that was such a great place to start, you know, with him having to move on to the next place, which is an inevitability, as you, you know, as you explain, for that kind of cop's life. And then her though having to give her well-established business and go figure out what's coming for her but then i just found that to be and i think you're i found it 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 felt refreshing because like you say so many breakups that aren't necessary i want to see the real stuff you know yeah Mm -hmm. thank you i thank thank you you. (laughs) that's the best compliment i've had on this book so far thank you oh thanks oh wait i'm just gonna let that float in my heart Okay, so mine too. Okay, well, then we're mutually all floating. Let's have a drink, shall we? Mm. <laughs> I'm sure it has something to do with the wine. 
<laughs> we tend to do better interviews, Dana, when we have wine. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Dana, we, we're kind of midway-ish, and we have this thing where we like to ask the authors we get to talk to what we call the question in a bottle, which is kind of the question you might get to at the end of a bottle of rosé from South Africa. <laughs> um, if you don't care for the question, we can pass. That's okay. Christy's got a whole bunch of them. Okay, so let's see. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> what is the most outdated slang word you use on a regular basis? <laughs> well, I actually, I don't know if it's that outdated, but I th seem to use it a lot more than everybody else. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I've heard, actually heard other people use the word groovy in my presence, even today, but I do not myself use that word. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's cool outdated because if it is. I don't know. It kind of goes in and out, I think. Because mm -hmm. I use cool a lot too, Dana. But I have an 18-year-old daughter somewhere in this house. We could ask her, but I don't want to. <laughs> I know. I think my 22-year-old my daughter, I think she sometimes will reply on text, cool. Mm -hmm. So, But I don't, I don't think, think I hear her say cool. it too much. <laughs> well, I so use my, it all the time. I use it yeah. all the time. So, you know, Cool, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm betraying my roots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. That's so oh, that's great. Okay. So on to the real questions. Um, I want to talk about research and writing. So I, I myself have a science background, so I do love research and especially hands-on research. And I must say, that I'm a little jealous of the research you did where you went on a patrol with the U S coast guard. And so I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about that. It was, I'm, it was, I mean, it was the writer God smiling down at me. Right? <laughs> I, um, I, I was actually writing Liam Campbell novels. This was quite some time ago. Oh, uh, I was actually, yeah. You know, and so, and the Coast Guard is always a presence in the life of anybody who lives on shore, or, I mean, on the coast, on any coast, um, because they have jurisdiction over the coastal waters and all navigable waters. So, um, the, the, so I was looking for a way to write the Coast Guard into a Liam Campbell novel. And um, so I looked at the Coast Guard website and then I found the the I found the naval the Coast Guard it used to be a naval base on Kodiak Island and then the Navy the U.S. Navy handed it off to the Coast Guard so it's this immense enormous base so and they have I'll tell you the Coast Guard has a fabulous online just I mean this was we're talking back like in 2004 and it was great even then it's better now and they have pages for each of their crews and they use it for the crews. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. They use the, <laughs> the they they use it for the crews to to this because they're constantly rotating um, members of the crews, and so they're coming in. You know, the crew member and his family maybe are going to be coming into Kodiak, and so they have all these resources up for them, and you know, email contacts and everything, including they have a list of the commanding officers. So there was there were I forget how many cutters were station probably three at Kodiak at that time and one of them get this ladies was named are you ready no. Alex Haley 
What? Alex Haley. Alex oh my gosh. Alex Haley was in the Coast Guard. I didn't know that. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's nice. Wrong. They're making that up. That could not have happened. They had, they had an email address for the captain. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, he doesn't have to answer me. He knows what the delete button means. And so I emailed him and I introduced myself and I, and all I asked him was, could you, would, would you answer some questions? Would you, would you mind? You know, and I gave him my CV and I, you know, showed him where my website was and I gave him my phone number and everything. So he wouldn't think I was some crazy nut job. Anyway, (laughs) literally by return email, he said, come on down. So I flew to Kodiak and he, I stayed there for a couple of days and he ran me all over the base and ran me all over the Alex Haley. And before I got home, I had an invitation to go on patrol with them. Oh, wow. And this was in February in the Bering Sea. Oh yeah. See, that's my next question. Like it sounds good, but. I want to live vicariously through you. I just, I'm just saying. (laughs) The first, well, like wait a the minute. seas wait, are wait, like wait, this, Kathy. right? Maybe not, Kathy. You don't yeah, maybe to. not. I actually, I actually was just thinking, I'm taking it back. I don't want to. Yeah, the, the seas. The very first day <laughs> that I woke up on board, I woke up, sat up, and threw up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was rocking and rolling. And fortunately, I had a, I was uh, bunking with the chief petty officer. Um, and uh, she knew to immediately, I think she probably had him stashed close by just yeah, she's like, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And so she gave me some um, seven up and some salting crackers and my stomach settled down and I was fine the rest of the time. But wow, I knew that's amazing. From, and I found out right away that the best place you want to go on the ship is up in the bridge because they've always got one or the other of the hatches open. And so you get fresh air all the time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's exciting. You know, that's one of those things that you ask for and you don't even probably realize how great it, the answer could be. How amazing. Oh. I mean, it's, I have to say that the U.S. Coast Guard is the most welcoming organization. It has ever been my privilege to be even a minor, you know, witness to what they do. They work their butts off. They're always training. Um you come away from something like that thinking, you know, my tax dollars at work and yay me. Yeah. Yay. Oh, that's great. I feel like they're one of the unsung heroes a little bit kind of under, you know, you don't, we don't talk about the coast card very often, but um, I will say that I, um, my um, brother-in-law uh, was stationed on Kodiak Island and, oh. and, oh, and wow. in the coast guard and my well, niece is, yeah. As women, women, you're going to love this about the Coast Guard as well. They were the first organization, the first of all the services to promote a woman to command of an armed ship. Okay, well, all right, well, high fives, everybody. Yeah, high five, <laughs> Coast Guard. We know we love the Coast Guard. Yeah, I love that. Oh, wow. I love that. Have you guys have you guys ever seen um, the hunt, the uh, clear and present danger? Uh, yeah. Oh, of course. It's, yes. it's a Harrison Ford, one of the Harrison Ford. Yes, when they came in the... Yeah. yeah. So the very first scene, if you go back and you look at the movie, the very first scene is on a Coast Guard cutter, a small cutter, a small ship. I don't even know if I should call it a cutter. It's probably not big enough. But anyway, the, so there, do you remember? And there's a female captain and they have come out on the boat adrift that about the family that has been murdered by the drug dealers. I remember oh. this. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to have to go back and watch it because I love it. I mean, I've watched it a million times too, probably, but go back and watch the first, go back and watch the first part again. Yeah. I'm going to. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Now, did you go to archaeological sites to research this book? Um, 
the the actually I read a book. <laughs> I read, okay. I, yeah, I read a book too. Yeah, I worked by a local archaeologist called Janet Klein, and it was about a small find that was found up the coast. And um, uh, then I read another book about it, and I think a third book about it. And I thought, how can I make this the you know, plot of a novel. And that this is how it turned out. Yeah, that's cool. That, that so, was, a, that was fun too, to read. So the setting though is first, and then do you put the plot in? I mean, is that how it kind of, no, I, I have to, you're going to just be aghast when I tell you. <laughs> I the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth here and I'm glad you're both sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually, but that's okay. I have wine. <laughs> We're drinking. So it's okay. The, the plot of the book is the thing that least interests me. I am interested in the setting and I am interested in the people who live there. And then third, I am interested in to what they can get up to good, bad, and indifferent. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that, a, I, that is a unique approach though. I like that though. I, I don't know if it's unique, but it's my way. <laughs> I do. I feel like a lot of people start with the plot. So that is interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I, Christy was famous for her plots. I mean, you know, she's all mm -hmm. about the plots. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, it took a while before I was brave enough to actually, I think, probably realize what I was doing and then say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, this is a great segue because I recently joined this really amazing group of um, fans of fiction called the Dana Maniacs. Oh, <laughs> hey, listen, they are the best. They are not so oh, boring. Best. They are not so boring that they only read my books. They read everything. No books and they trade titles all the time I get reads off that page oh wow yeah I'm gonna join yeah. after this Absolutely. right after you totally if you're a fan of crime fiction guys that is like the best online book club it is ever and, <laughs> yeah. and I'm telling you, so here's a recent post that I just I mean I just joined and I'm engaging like I'm fully into this and like you said, Dana, I'm getting like great re recommendations for other books that I haven't had before. Oh, cool. So um, just a post, I think from yesterday, maybe when I was working on the script, um, one of your, the, one of the Danny Maniacs said, well, I got the new Liam novel today, which is this, by the you way. You guys are great with the props. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. And here's what, here's what she said. She said, I don't want to start reading it. Because I know it will be over in just a few hours. <laughs> like that, that has got to be the definition of the best thing that a, a writer would ever hear. Like I, I'm desperate to hear it, but I, you know, get it, but I don't want to read it because it will be gone soon. And well, they, this is what you have to reply. Well, then read it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, um, Dana, I really, what is it like to have that kind of a, a dedicated group that you are and I know you're involved because I've seen you're on there too like you're always interacting with them well I mean I like to share good reads too you know and when I read yeah. a really good book they're the first people I tell about it because I know they're going to appreciate it um at this point you know I'm really actually I would I think I can say I hope they don't contradict me on the page immediately but <laughs> I have to say that I, I'm really good friends with the four managers and there used to be five and I'm also the, the fifth one Kim is uh, she's not a manager anymore she just had lots going on in her own life mm -hmm. and the um, we're really good friends now um, and I it has been my I don't know I just really lucked out in attracting fans who are smart and funny and that is not sucking up that's just the damn truth no they are right. 
I've only been involved since for a few weeks since and since we knew we were going to have you on. And I was like, oh, I want to get involved in this. These are really, really amazing humans. I mean, they just and they're engaging like it's a real community. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's got to be like one of the goals for anybody in life. Well, the, the, and again, I got to give a shout out to the managers because they monitor very carefully who they allow in. Um, mm-hmm. they are, you know, their community is what you see when you are there and they are determined to keep it that way, to be talking about books and to be talking about things in and around the books. Like sometimes one of them will find really something really fun about Alaska that they'll put up there oh. or the scene from another book, from a book somebody else wrote in a different setting. So, I mean, they're just, I can't say enough good about them. I mean, they're just, they're terrific people. I'm, I'm, oh, that's great. I'm lucky. I'm just so lucky. You, you know what? I agree with you. And I am very thankful that we um, got to have you on our podcast so that I could learn about this group because I'm going to continue engaging. Me too. Yeah. I, I, will say, Chrissy. I think they're really fantastic. Cool. Yeah. I, I actually sent, I just sent a link to Chrissy today. I was like, you've got to get on this. Like, it's so, <laughs> these are really cool um, readers. Um, all right. So, but my last question for you, Dana, is that I know, and you've said today that setting is your jam. And I had read that when you give advice to aspiring writers like Christy and I, set you 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 advise setting be their a mm-hmm. focal point. Um, and I also mm-hmm. read that you are researched and read that you've started this um, StoryKnife.org, um, which is a retreat for writers in Alaska. Did I understand you to say, Kathy, that you and uh, uh, Chrissy are both writers? We are. We met. Yeah. We met at okay. Fest well, in Florida. Have I got a place for you, babe? Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you as the instant that we stop okay. This, okay. Uh, this video cast, you are going to go get on, jump on your browser, and you're going to go to storyknife.org, and you're going to read all about it. This was born, okay, I'm the founder, and it it's, uh, consists of a main house and six cabins, and writers come, women writers, only women writers are invited, and they come and stay in the six cabins, and they work all day um, on whatever it is that they're working on, and then they um, gather for dinner um, at the main house in the evening, and it, I know it sounds like, okay, the cabin is the thing, and it is the thing, but even more important, in my opinion, is the gathering of the writers together to talk, you know, shop and tell war stories and to create a community of mutual aid going forward through everyone's writing life. And I have to tell you that this is not, this idea is not original to me. It was inspired by the fact that I was accepted at Hedgebrook, which is a writer's retreat for women on Whidbey Island in, uh, in Puget Sound in Washington State. Okay, wait. And Dana, sorry, I took my. Sorry, honeymoon. I can go on. I'm sorry. No, I call Dana, I my honeymoon was on Whidbey Island. Oh my God! Okay. <laughs> well, I don't have to tell you anything about Whidbey Island, which is a fabulous place as well. But the the um uh it was uh I. I actually got to go in 1989, which was the first year. So I'm what they call a plank holder. Well, that's what they call it in the Coast Guard anyway. The, the, <laughs> um, and so, and then they invited me back for the 25th anniversary with, when they told me they only had 40 spaces for 1400 applications every year. Oh, and wow. I thought that's not enough. And, you know, maybe six cabins, more cabins isn't enough either, but it's what I can do. So that's the short version of story. Wow. We have our first oh. writers. We have our first writers coming on June of this year. 
Oh my wow, god. Wow, that's so exciting. You oh know, my god. Very proud. And and pandemic didn't what did that do for this? <laughs> well, You're like we going, were, please. We put off the opening for a year. We were our first mm-hmm. register was supposed to be in April, April through October. We don't know yet. We're gonna wait. We're gonna allow the yeah. experience to inform us. We don't know if people will be willing to come in the winter. Alaskans will come for sure. They're not yeah, scared. South Dakotans will come. South Dakotans probably would come as well. Floridians? Or Floridians, I'm not sure. You know what? The, for us, anything like that is a novelty. So of course we'll come. Last win was it last winter? No, it was last spring. Almost a year ago, I was planning on going up to Kathy's. Oh, yeah. This time last year, and I was so excited. I was getting all wintry stuff, and then the she pandemic came. Like, I have a bin of winter clothes under my bed. <laughs> I was like, pull them out. Sweetheart, it's cold up here. I have been to Antarctica, so I do have a nice parker from there. Oh, wow. You're fine. <laughs> Nothing's got, nothing in Alaska is going to scare you. <laughs> Dana, so I, you obviously are very dedicated to sharing your love of writing to the newbie-ish or, you know, younger writer. What, what does that come from that you want to spend time doing that? That's, you know, um... One thing that has always really bothered me was that they never teach the business of writing to beginning writers. There's all the information out there and all the writers conferences out there and all the writers organizations out there that will tell you everything about the craft of writing, but nothing about the business of writing. And I was like everybody else. I just stumbled over my own feet on, you know, down this path, learning as I went. I made some horrific mistakes um, (laughs) as all writers I believe do. And It, that has all, that's bothered me more than any other single thing about the, the craft of writing. The, the fact that we don't, that's one reason why Hedgebrook was such a seminal moment for me. The writers that were there included a poet, a Latina who wrote magic realism, um, and a writer, very intimidating writer named Susan Brown, who had written, I think, something like 30 chapter books. She was a Canadian writer. You, you know what chapter books are, right? Yeah. yeah, okay, good. And the, the you know, so these, all, all, all these women were like way ahead of me. <laughs> and and that, so I just basically sat at their feet and heard what they had to say. And I, it, that's what Hedgebrook and Story Knife are for. It's not just about the craft of writing. It's not just about the community of writing. It's the fact that we can share information about the business of writing, especially mm-hmm. now when mm-hmm. everything is changing every time yes. you turn around. When I first was trying to get into the business of writing, I think there were something like 32 publishers in New York. Now there are four <laughs> and there are about to be three. Three. Oh yeah. my gosh. That alone is intimidating enough. Yeah. So there, there needs to be much more free flow of information about the business of writing. Um, oh, yeah. I will put in a plug for Sisters in Crime. That's an organization that's oh, a yeah. member, member, business of writing. Member. Oh, I can't because <laughs> of my <laughs> time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're really good. They're, I and mean, for us, really guppies is, are huge. It's huge. Oh yeah. Are you a guppy? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, we learned, Christy and I met at, um, Sleuthfest, which was a, um, uh, Mystery Writers of America organization in Florida, where she is, and I came down conference. there, and we got and they're they're a craft con- conference, yeah. and we and we actually did the, just like you're saying. That's how we got started doing yeah. the blog because Kathy was like, I don't, I've always wanted to do a blog, 
And we should, because we were brainstorming, like, we don't understand how do we get into this publishing stuff? <laughs> we, you know, and so we would just, we were learning and blogging about it. And then we said, let's start talking about it. So and that's we did, how we got we into it. We did this. have, Dana, we had the privilege of having our first, um, Christy, I don't remember this, but we had our first dinner with, across the table was um, Hallie Efron and, um, and Hank Philippi Ryan. And they were like, you're in the noob, you're like, you're in the guppies, right? And we're like, yeah, we are. we're gonna make it out. <laughs> That's what we were like, okay. okay. Hank tells you to do something, you better right. do it. Exactly. Just never show your face around her again. <laughs> you, you're right, Dana. When Hank says you do this, you do it. And so we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going oh, to that's my blind because I look like I'm in heaven right now. I don't know what it looks like to you guys. Oh, but you know, before we go, <laughs> Kathy, we yeah. have a final question that we always... <gasps> we do, Dana. We have a good question for you. Okay. Yes. This, okay. Is, um, this is what we ask the authors. Which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can I resurrect the dead one? <laughs> 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 I mean, it'd, be easy, it'd be easy for me to say Cleopatra, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm actually going to go to, ooh, can I have two? Can I have two? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Um, Emma, Kate's grandmother, and old Sam Dementiev, um, Kate's uncle. Those are the two. Oh, yeah. Those are, I would sit down over a meal with the both of them, any, any, any. Together, any. or do you think they're going to be separate? Oh, I don't know. There might be some really good tension going on between the two of them, so it'd be fun. You know, I could secretly take notes under the table. <laughs> Man, I got this whole full-blown fantasy going on now, thanks to the two of you. All right, so what are, what are you going to have? I mean, are you going to have, like, beans? Oh, I guess uh, we're, uh, we're totally going to have moose stew and homemade bread. Absolutely. There you go. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> are you a bread maker? Am I? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm impressed. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't be too impressed. <laughs> I, yeah, I, there's one loaf of bread in particular that I really, really love to make. It's the it's uh, my variation of um, the Sullivan Street recipe from the New York Times. Oh, the, the, yeah, it's that's a, the only thing I can make. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, and I don't do the exact way that he says to do it either. You know, I personally think that the original recipe is a good way to ruin a dish towel. I don't have that many dish towels, so right? I'm not doing that. You can't get that dough off. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with bread wrap over the bowl. <laughs> I've tried to bake bread down here, and we like I love bimini bread, so I tried so many different. But I got to tell you, I think it's the humidity down here. It's not my skills it's not cold enough that are <laughs> causing the bread to never come out right. What is bimini bread? Oh, bimini bread. That? It's like, um, it's like got honey rolled into it. It's like a spun, you know, a regular, like kind of a fluffy white bread, but it has like honey rolled into it so that it's kind of sweet and savory at the same time. It's really good. It's from Bimini, but they, they have plate, you know, cause I'm in South Florida. So we have, um, places mm -hmm. here that would have it actually. I was pretty good. Trying that. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, but I did try. I tried. All right. It's good stuff though. Makes good French bread too. Hey, Dana, thanks so much. This has Thank been entirely. This was a blast, you guys. Thank you so Please. much for inviting me. It was a blast. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And shout out to all the Danny Maniacs, including the ones on the spoilers are allowed page, which I'm also a member of. I love that. <laughs> I was like, make sure 
make sure you send me a link, okay, to the to the YouTube video so that oh, I will. on the Dana Maniacs page. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a happy member. So cheers to you, Dana, and kudos cheers. on Spoils of the Dead. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's adventure. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can watch and listen. On GameOfBooksPodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter or enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Cheers.